How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning, Metroplex. Sean, RJ, and Bobby on DFW Sports Station 105.3 The Fan, where yesterday, Mike McCarthy at 10 a.m., answered for the Green Bay loss, talked about his meeting with Jerry Jones, and talked about why he's still the man for the job here in DFW. But my, my message would be this. Uh, we, we, we have established a, a, you know, a championship program. It's just not the world championship yet. Uh, we know how to win. Uh, we know how to train to win. We have the, we have the right people. Um, but we have not crossed the threshold winning playoff games. And, um, and it's extremely disappointing to be sitting here talking about it. Um, but, you know, I, I know how to win. And, and uh, we will get over that threshold. Uh, I have total confidence in it, and, and that's why I'm standing here today. The Cowboys just think that they can deliver certain things in a tone and that, you know, we'll all believe it. And I was one of the last ones to believe it. But, you know, P- Jerry Jones is is not a hero of mine, but, you know, I, I've, I viewed him as like, you know, this figure, right? This legendary figure that we get to speak with every single week for 13 years. And part of my devastation yesterday was the disappointment. You know how you can just never look at someone the same? That was part of my devastation. I'll never look at Jerry the same again because I don't believe him. I, I, don't, I don't buy it. I know that it's just talking. I know that it's just talking. Unless something really drastic happens in the offseason with free agency or moves or I'm not effing around here, right, which has not been their M.O., that's really what hurt yesterday. It's like you find out that your dad is this. You find out your favorite athlete is that. That's what I found out from Jerry Jones after this McCarthy decision, and that was that was hurtful for me. Tough. Yeah. What if they uh, What if they go into the year, regardless of what it may be, and and they don't they don't have Dak extended, and they're going in with both of them on a one year lame duck deal? Then they lose him. Like like then Dak. It's Dak's last year. It doesn't matter how well he plays. Dak could be 50 touchdowns and no interceptions next year. They lose Dak. Why? Because they can't tag him. They can't do anything. And he would, he, no, he would not come back. I'm telling you, if he's exposed to the market like that, he's not coming back. And didn't, what was Joe Corey saying? Yeah, what did you, I, 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 this, was, this was interesting to me because everything. For, we, former NFL agent, Joe Corey. Yeah, so everything we had seen was like that. They If they, if they don't restructure Dak, they don't really have a chance to sign these other guys. And his tweet was, they don't need salary cap space from Dak for a Lamb extension. Lamb's cap number would drop from 18 to 7 in a new deal. Yes. With a wide receiver record $30 million bonus, whereas 2024 base salary is $1.9 million. 
it'd be ten million of cap relief. Yes. So, like, if that's the case, if the Cowboys could not sign an extension for Dak and still be able to maintain a very very similar roster this year, then you 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 have to ask yourself, like, is that no 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 the, the, you're that's one player like like right. CD CD's number would go down. Micah's is not going to go down on a new extension. Like Micah's goes up because because CD's hitting fifth year option of a deal like where it's averaged out based off of certain numbers that like he's going to have a huge cap figure. So when you sign a deal and you sign with certain like contract length, depending on the signing bonus you give them, you can make that first year number really small relative to, you know, whatever it is. So like cap, the cap number for Micah next year is 5 million. There's no extension where Micah's 35 million a year can be a $5 million cap hit. He's going up. And what you'd have to do but is they don't sign him if yet, you, right? It, right. They could just not sign him to an extension and delay that a year if they want to. But then that makes it tougher to finagle the numbers into the future. That's why they should have gotten CD done earlier. But when you look at like Dak's contract, where you're costing yourself is you have to cut other veterans. You ha- you can't bring guys back. Like they would have to move on from people. It just wouldn't be sure. CDs doesn't harm them. They can get CDs done, but they would have to move on from other but people. They would get, you know, Gallup's deal. They would, they would move on from Gallup, I assume. You would hope. Now that, and I don't think many people would consider that a major loss. There are other, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the offensive line. You're not bringing, you're not bringing back Cooks. You would not be able to bring back Tyron, even if Tyron wanted to. You would likely have to move on from Demarcus Lawrence. Like there, these are all these players you'd have to move on from if you didn't restructure. Down. And KMC had a topic that blew up yesterday about the idea of trading Micah Parsons. Oh, Ooh. they did our Monday show. It was <laughs> we didn't <laughs> we didn't go that much into it. We brought it up, but who did it blow up? You can find it on 1053thefan.com. The teams that are actually and Michael Lombardi could get a little testy. He's going to lecture all of us on why we're wrong about McCarthy coming back. So if you think this has been overblown, you are going to want to listen to former NFL GM Michael Lombardi at 720 this morning. What? Watershed moment. Uh, Lombardi and I agreeing on something. Watershed moment. You haven't been hardcore about McCarthy coming not back. Hardcore. Not you've hardcore. Been, you've been 50-50. Absolutely. But fact, I, yeah, on Monday, I, you said not to not bring him back. Right. But that's also why I said I would never make the decision on Monday because it's an emotional decision. So now, you're, so now you advocate it. I don't advocate it, but okay, I'm Okay, well, then what do you say? It. I'm not against it. Oh, shut up. See, Texans. I'm not I don't, against it. Texans, Ravens, John Harbaugh was getting ready for this game, and here he was talking about scouting Kansas City last week to try to prepare for who are the Ravens going to face as the number one seed. It's going to be interesting in Kansas City. It's going to be very interesting. We've got we got some scouts whose who flights have been canceled going out there. We're trying to get out there to, to scout the game, So, which is legal in pro football, by the way. <laughs> Great clip. <laughs> Great clip number one. Great clip number two stemming from the Kansas City game. Maurice Jones-Drew was asked on the NFL Network if they can rely on one side of the ball, and more specifically, can they can they rely on one letter? This is far and away the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had, right? No. I mean, is it possible that they could ride the D? I, I... The defense? Okay. Okay. <laughs> So that was on NFL Network. Those are just two older clips that we had to play in prep for the divisional round. And what's going on with C.J. Stroud and this Texans TV story, Ralph James? Oh, okay. So this is this has been circulating the internets. There are two C.J. Stroud clips. Have you seen this, Bobby? Yep. 
And I, if I first saw this like that night of the game, I was like, "That's not real. That that that's fake." Um, you are fake news. You're fake news. But it turns out this is real. So C.J. Stroud did a post game interview on the field, and there's two different ones. We will play the original first. Okay, this is the original cut of C.J. Stroud on the post game. First and foremost, I just want to give all glory and praise to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I mean. It's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been, but the love that I've got, I've really just been doing it for Houston, man. People back home, I'm blessed enough being in the position I am and blessed enough to be playing at a high level right now, and uh, we got to just keep it going, but I'm super blessed. So many of your teammates contributed right, so in this victory. I don't know why Peyton keeps playing it there. Uh, that was the first one. That was live. Mm-hmm. On the internet, on the website, and on, uh, they, on the internet, they changed up the way the answer was given. CJ, your first playoff game in your first NFL season and a record-setting performance for you. What does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for so, as short as I've been, but the love that I've got. They cut out the praise for thanking God and everything. Wow. And they are getting just dragged on this. As they should. There, There's no... I mean, if you wanted to say... If it was in the case of a newscast, like a... Six o'clock news, and you've got a three-minute sports port, and you're trying to shorten it for time. I mean, that's that's completely different. This is on the internet. There is there is there a time limit on the internet? No, nope, I don't, I don't no, think there's the, a time yeah, limit. Yeah, on the, the internet. Uh, they, so they're like, people are just wondering what what were they doing about what was going on here? You know, they they probably would not have you know uh, shortened that if he was talking about some other. Hey, you know, uh, uh, let's let's support the. Born Ukraine or something like that. Like he's not going to do that, but wow, comes to God and can't have that. NBC, no believing in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Okay, uh, thanks to the Tolos who tipped me off to this. Uh, apparently, uh, Brian Broadus, member of the G Bag Nation, I thought was my friend, um, was talking about the Rangers bobblehead giveaways for 2024. Evan Carter, guest of KMC yesterday. ALCS catch giveaway. That should be sick. Corey Seager, World Series MVP. Corey Seager, Silver Slugger. Simeon, Silver Slugger. Adolis, ALCS MVP. Adolis, Cartwheel. Nate Lowe, Gold Glove. Jonah Heim, Gold Glove. And Brian Broadus apparently cooked up some Sean and RJ morning show giveaways on G-Bag. But the first night we're going to celebrate at the ballpark is Sean Sharif Kids Batting Glove Night. (laughs) Mm, Kids Batting Glove? Yeah, Kids. Kids batting glove night. Oh, no. Kids eight and under receive a batting glove the actual size of Sean's hand. Might need to make that six and under. You think it's six or under? Oh, no. So, would that be a good night, you think, for Sean? Kids kids batting glove night. Not adult. Kids. Like tiny kids. We get it. Batting glove night. Undersized kids. Yeah. Make something positive out of his lifelong affliction. It's amazing how small his hands are, isn't it? It is. It's almost embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not ideal. But yeah, well, kids. That's a that's a really good promotion, dude. The kids like are going to be fired up for that. One. I, I, I think like so that one? too. He makes up for it with his big mouth. Wow! Whoa! Gavin Whoa! Dawson chiming oh, in. Oh no, Gavin Dawson! But apparently the uh, the shots did not stop there. He then took it to my co-host of thirteen years. How about this next night? RJ Choppy Meathead Night. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. What's yeah. what's in store for well, Meathead hey, Night? One lucky fan wins a year's supply of Omaha steaks. 
Okay. So we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a giveaway. Okay, like he's that. got the best night so far. Yeah, I'm gonna, showing up that night. We're gonna night. have a giveaway for RJ Choppy Meathead Night. Throwing yes. a date with Sarah, I think that one's a sellout. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. I see what you're doing there. But yeah, Omaha Steaks, one lucky fan, your supply. Sounds like Wolchuk's a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it can't be Omaha Steaks though. What what are you gonna have? Well, it's gotta nice? be no, it's gotta be Nolan Ryan beef. Oh, like okay. un- unlimited. That's true. Okay. All right. Nolan, Nolan Ryan beef. Okay. I, I like what you're That's doing. That's true. We gotta keep with the theme. I got I like the adjustment there. Okay. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I am a meathead. I love steak. And in terms of the Sarah date, I mean, don't threaten us with a good time. <laughs> we uh, we may be down with that. And then finally, uh Brian brought us uh stabbing his podcast partner in the back. How about this next night? This will be Bobby Belt Bad Beard Night. Oh, oh no. man. Okay. First 10,000 fans receive a poorly kept, untrimmed beer similar to the one Bobby wears every day. Oh. <laughs> Is that like a, uh, like a, like a Santa beard thing? Oh, it's kind of, yeah, along. you put yeah, it over your ears. Thing. You know, Yeah, it's a costume okay. beard, but it's kind of like half-ass patchy. It's disheveled. It's on your neck. Homeless. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like you really don't give a damn how you look. Absolutely, you there's know, no self-respect involved in the making of this beard. We might have to have a hoodie thrown in there from Marcus High School, you know. You're appreciated. <laughs> I like like loud, loud, Bob, like loud fan night or something where every fan gets a like a megaphone, like a megaphone, a megaphone of sorts. Yeah, with, with Bobby's face on it. <laughs> no, speed Dak's walking face on night. It. Or how about bo- how about walking. a Bobby Belt bobblehead that just yells at you the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hit the button and just yells. <laughs> So oh, uh, the only thing I take issue with there is that he said it's patchy. My beard is not patchy. It's not patchy. It's, it's, it is full. There's an Andrew Luck element. Bobby's neck beard and chest hair does not have a separation. I can't, he makes up for it with his big mouth. I can't wait for uh, Brian <laughs> Broda's C4 Energy Night uh, to ensure that you have the energy to get through a uh, 10 p.m. podcast recording after you've been wow. up for 18 hours. Was he falling asleep? No, so that I have the energy. You can have the energy to stay up with Brian wow. in the 19th hour of you being awake so that you can record Love of the Star. That was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sitting on uh, sitting on the revenge, uh, <laughs> building it up. I have some things that are probably over the line that I'm going to think about. Oh, oh you're gonna have to rope. Uh, you're gonna have to rope others in this because at first you thought it was just Dawson or, or, or Broadus. Yeah. You have to get Dawson and Eric and everybody else into this now. Yeah. Well, Dawson will probably change his opinion about me tomorrow, like oh, he does his no. Dax stuff. Whoa! Oh no! Uh, I'm surprised Chiafalo got permission from his wife to speak. Oh, oh my God! And um, and then I'm coming for Broadus more so than anyone else. I'll be uh, I'll be responding here momentarily. <laughs> what about Walchuk? Walchuk didn't, 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 didn't go. He didn't go hard on you. He didn't go. Yeah, hard. he talked about Bobby speed walking. Speed walking. Yeah, yeah. Bobby uh, does speed walking. He flails the arms. Yeah, Lucia said I'm like a wave hitting the beach. Yeah. when I just get ready for the battle. This guy, former NFL GM, Bill Belichick buddy, says that we are all overreacting and that we all sound ridiculous criticizing Mike McCarthy's return. One of my favorites, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, joins us next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Expressway, and we are commercial-free up until 8 o'clock on the Home of the Cowboys with Sean, RJ, and Bobby. And every Monday and Thursday, I listen to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, former NFL general manager. And yesterday was starting to get a little uncomfortable because his co-host, Femi Abebefe, is a Cowboy fan, and Michael was defending the decision to bring back McCarthy, which, of course, basically everyone in the Metroplex has been against, and we all melted down yesterday. And I was like, you know what? We got to balance things out here. We got to do good radio. I always have lo- ha- I love having Lombardi on, so I asked Pepe to reach out, and he is now joining us on the DNM Leasing Hotline, author of Gridiron Genius, Football Done Right, former NFL GM. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I am good. Yes, Femi was uh, off the ledge, as most Cowboy fans are, uh, you know, demanding uh, heads to be uh, chopped. Uh, but, you know, he was like uh, Uncle Junior in Sopranos. He wanted discipline to be handed out immediately. So I had to talk him down. Okay, I think today could get a little contentious, so I'm just prepping you. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, hey, let me say this to you really clearly. When you work for Al Davis, like, seriously, <laughs> if you work for Al Davis – you don't even understand what contentious is. Like these Twitter idiots that come at you, like, yeah, you're going to have to come heavy or don't come at all. Because when you've been in a room with Al Davis and none of these idiots who are experts have and have gone through what I've gone through in my career, it doesn't make me smarter than anybody. It just makes me a hell of a lot tougher. So you can bring it all you want. But, you know, when you do the Al Davis impression, whenever I hear the voice, it doesn't sound like – it doesn't sound like too nasty, you know. Like I'm always, I'm, oh. always, I'm always chuckling at it. But uh, maybe he's just saying really mean things, like Jerry, in an accent. No, no, he's just he's really smart. You can't BS him, and and he is always thinking ahead, and he never asked a question that he didn't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. So you, you were always in a situation where you had to defend yourself. He would call me every morning at ten thirty and. There was never hello. There never hello. It was well, I, I got three things for you right now, young man. And then he would start. And then if I said to him I had to look something up, he said, "Oh, he was drop the f bomb." And oh, I could look it up. Why am I calling you then? You know. And then we go from there. Okay. Why do you think Jerry made the right call and bringing McCarthy back? Well, you know, it's a good segue right from Al. You know, when you you know look, let, let's be clear here. Uh, as you get older in life. Change is harder for most of us, right? Uh, I'm not as old as Jerry, but as you get older, you don't really like the change. You, you kind of like your routine, your structure, yeah. your kind of environment. And I think 
Jerry at everybody thinks Jerry at 83 is in a sense of desperation. I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. You know, time's running out on me. And I thought the other way completely because when you're older, you don't want as much change. And so what I feel like Jerry sat down and said, look, you know, this coach has won, you know, he's won more games than any coach. He's got the best winning percentage of any Cowboy coach. He's been to the playoffs three years that he's been here. Uh, you know, he's got a record similar to John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is 160-99, one Super Bowl, 11-9 playoff wins. You know, McCarthy's 167-102, 11-11 with one Super Bowl win. He's, sim- he's better than Sean Payton. He's slightly better. He's not as good as Tomlin in terms of wins. He's six wins behind Tomlin. But Tomlin's playoff record is two, two games below 500. So he's, so he's sitting here with a coach who can stack up, and he's saying, like, why am I going to listen to all these people that want me? My quarterback had one of his best seasons. After all of you scream, all of you, now stand up and take accountability for this. Because when Kellen Moore left, the whole Metroplex was in tears. True. All of you were, including you two, right? Yep. You guys, I had to talk you off the ledge on that one, <laughs> right? Like, you were all in tears. You were losing the guru of gurus. You were losing joystick, and you were going to completely the, the meltdown <laughs> that this was the worst play caller in the history of football, and yet he came out and had a, the best offense you've had in three years. Yes. So, like, Jerry's got that. So, now, I'm, I thought they did a horrible job preparing the team for the Packer game. Granted. They weren't ready. I think they didn't understand how good the Packers were. I think they got taken off guard. I think the defense was as much to blame. But I think, to me, there's some things that are really good at what they've done. And so when you're 83 years old, you'd rather repair than replace. And so Jerry's challenge, along with Stephen and Will McClay, is we've got to figure out where we are. One big misconception is they're not – they didn't underachieve. This is not a talented team. I mean, they've got some really talented players. But when they go on the road, their offensive line gets exposed, right? The right tackle has a tough time blocking. Smith, the left tackle's hurt all the time, not always playing well, right? They really missed another back to go along. Pollard was not the same player this year off the injury that he was last year. Fact. Lamb's tremendous, okay? So there's some problems there. Defensively, they didn't have any linebackers, right? They lose their best cover guy. Gilmore's not the same player. Bland can intercept passes. He's just not a very good man-to-man player. And so, like, tell me why they're so talented. I mean, so I think, to me, the fans have this expectation when the reality is something different. And I think Jerry did the right thing. Now, you know, he's going to have to repair some things. There's no question. And But to change, going back to 83 and changing, it's hard. And so he brings in a coach like Bill – who I love tremendously, who is the best coach I've ever been around. But Bill's going to want to do things a lot differently than they do him now in Dallas. And maybe that's not the right thing for them to currently. That's a great answer. You know, you mentioned the talent, and that's something that we kind of touched on earlier today. Why, Why then is the common perception that the talent on this team is very, very good? Where is the... Sort of with, with with twelve Can win I record. Answer that with, yes. with well, I mean they won games. There's no question. You, you know, but look, did you see what JJ Watts said on McAfee show the other day, where he said that you know he's been in meetings where you know they put the Pro Football Focus grade up there mm-hmm. and the coaches laugh at it. Yeah, I think there's a misconception that we there's a jet. First of all, we're not educating the fans on the game itself. 
you know, everybody's great. We're all going to Dairy Queen after the game. Everybody's wonderful. There's nobody bad. Everything's just tremendous. Like, at some point, don't we get some kind of critique, some analyst? I mean, Jonathan Hankins was, you know, was the Raiders didn't want him. Now, okay, he helps them. You know, Maisie Smith hasn't come through, really. I mean, maybe he will next year. But they're break, when you break down their team man for man, if they were so dominant, why did they give up 35 points to Seattle, right? You know, so, like, to me, like, you have to be the hardest thing to do in sports. And, and this goes back to the great Al Davis. When I used to get on the team airplane, after a win or a loss, I had to walk over to him, and he would be sitting there. And, and I, he'd say, you know why we won today? Or do you know why the F we lost today? And if I gave him a bad answer, I would get, I would get destroyed. And if you can't figure out why you win and why you lose, then you're in trouble. And most fans think, well, we lost because McCarthy's a bad coach. I, I don't think that. I, I think McCarthy could use some help in some areas. There's no question. We all could. We're, nobody's perfect. But that's not the reason they lost. I think there's other layers to this. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Uh, I touched on a lot of those roster things to start the show. Here, here are my problems with, with Mike's teams. Um they're always penalized. I mean, they they play a lot of stupid football. You want to put that on the players? That's fine. Uh, you know, th- th- there's always some details, clock management stuff. As you've detailed, that is a league wide problem. Um, they're definitely not tough enough when they match up against these power teams. And they and they and they didn't beat the good teams this year. They were 0 for four, 0 for five against the better teams on their schedule. Those are my, those are my problems with Mike's teams. All, all fair criticisms, but let's let's really let's understand how that is. Okay. So let's take the Philadelphia Eagles, who looked like they hadn't practiced in the second half of the season, who looked out of shape. You see, what's going on in the league right now is the head coach doesn't necessarily have complete control over how he practices his team. The head coach doesn't have complete control over driving it and attention to detail, right? We have become a league of, well, everybody, you know, we don't want to hold everybody accountable. We don't want to make everybody upset. And if you do, then the players complain, yeah. right? I mean, that's what – and so this is where we are. I was talking to a former head coach the other day, and we were both – you know, like, let me say this very clearly. To win a championship today is the same formula to win a championship 40 years ago. It takes accountability. It takes attention to detail. It takes discipline. It takes buy-in from the players. But when you have a lot of people meddling and you have an analytics people coming in and say, well, we need to rest the players today. We need to take the day off. You know, we can't do this. And you have a strength and condition. We don't want to work them too hard. We don't want to do this. All of a sudden, rules become lax. Mm. Things become a little bit lesser. And I don't disagree with your criticism that the attention to detail is missing. And, but sometimes I think it could be the structure of the organization as much as it is the head coach. Now, if Bill walked in there, uh, you know, Bill's not going to let the personnel, he's not going to let the analytical guys say, well, we need to rest the players. Philadelphia, their strength, they have different colors of when they're going to practice. They don't practice. That's the problem. They don't practice. They can't tackle. They're out of shape. They, they make mistakes because they're trying to rest their players to get ready for the game mm-hmm. when we know practice execution becomes game reality. Mm. Michael Lombardi, uh, host of the GM Shuffle podcast, showing us here at 105.3 The Fan. Uh, the, the three straight 12-win seasons w- with the same quarterback, I mean, bad quarterbacks don't win 12 games three years in a row. Uh, 
where, where are you on Dak? Is, is, do you consider him someone that is a championship caliber player? Would you sign him to an extension or let him play out the final year? I, I, look, I think Dak's a good player. I, you know, I think the system has allowed Dak to make a lot of money, and that's not Dak's fault, right? You know, because the the, the, the fundamental question is if we don't have him, what are we going to do, yeah. right? You know, where are we if we don't have him? And if you don't draft one every year and prepare yourself to say no to a contract, he's got you trapped. It's checkmate. But here's what I've always said about Dak. I've always said this about Dak. If you're going to go and let him throw it 40 times, you're, you're probably not going to be the best team you can be. See, I think the biggest mistake the Cowboys made, and, and Zeke wasn't a great player, but they didn't have a power back this year. Like, they needed another guy to go with Pollard. And then with Pollard not being the same guy, that really affected them. And so they were eighth in, you know, passing attempts this year. Eighth. Now, they had a lead in a lot of games. And if you're eighth in passing attempts, you're throwing it way too much. Mm. Because usually the formula for great football is you're throwing early to get the lead and you run it to keep the lead. So there's that you start out in the first quarter with a lot of throws. Second quarter, it goes a little lower. Third quarter, it's lower. And fourth quarter, it's less. But they can't really run the ball or get control of the line of scrimmage, partly because their offensive line isn't nearly as good as it once was, okay? And they didn't have a back that really they could rely on. And so there was a little bit of an imbalance, so they worked around it. They worked. They threw bubbles. They threw the ball. But it's dangerous when you get into that situation and you're trying to offset a problem. It's a little bit like Curly in the boat. Remember in the Three Stooges? <laughs> Curly sitting in the boat. There's a, you know, uh, he, he, they, they make a hole in the boat, so Curly drills another hole in the boat to let the water from the one hole out, out. Like, you know, you're just creating more problems when you do this. And so that's where it gets to. And I, and I think that's ultimately one of the things. And that's – so as you sit there as an executive, you're Will McClay, you got to decide is it production? Is it a production problem, meaning do we not have the right players? Or is it a design problem, meaning they can't – we're not putting the players in the right spot. I think a lot of the issues with Dallas this year was labeled on this, on production. There wasn't any good linebackers. You know, they, they, the lack of depth within the team becomes a problem. So, I mean, you can't blame everything on McCarthy. Like, that's the thing. You just can't. Mike, uh, how big of a loss do you think Dan Quinn would be? And as a general manager, how scary is it to bring in his replacement with Mike's quote-unquote lame duck status? I don't think, look, first of all, you got to understand when you go to the Cowboys, if you're a good coach, Jerry's not going to let you go. Mm. Okay. So you're working for the Cowboys. You're not tied to a, to a coach. Yeah. So if Quinn leaves and takes the Seattle job, okay. And they bring Mike Zimmer back, let's say they do that. Or they hire Don Martindale, right? Jerry and Steven and Will, they're smart enough to know if we got a good coach. Why would we let him go? Yeah. Why would we let him go? So there's really that, that lame duck stuff is ridiculous because it, it, it doesn't mean anything. When you have an a owner who's in control of the organization, like Jerry and Steven are, then you know that you work for them and that your job is to do a great job. See, this is the NFL today. This is what's really been missing in the NFL is there's only two people in the organization. There's only two people that are paid to win, the head coach and the general manager. Everybody else can be bad, can be good at their jobs and get head coaching jobs. I mean, look at Quinn. Quinn's got four interviews. His defense was atrocious on Sunday. Yeah. Now, I think Dan's a hell of a guy, and I think he's a great coach. And one game doesn't make a career. But the reality of it is, is everybody's looking at that. Nobody paid attention to that game. They're hired him. I mean, 
the, the offensive coordinator of the Eagles, he has two interviews for head coaching job. Did anybody watch that offense? Of course, you know, and he's got two interviews for head coaching jobs. So my point is simply this, is if you don't understand that as a head coach and as a general manager, then you're going to get behind and you've got to be demanding of the staff because they're all going to be able to get jobs somewhere else. Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM on the DNM leasing hotline. So you are Will McClay, you're Steven, you're Jerry, you're McCarthy, and you do the season after meeting. You're heading into the offseason and the draft. What are you writing down on the whiteboard for team needs and areas of improvement? Well, I think we got to get better on defense. I think there's no question. We got to get linebackers. We got to be able to run. And if we lose Quinn, we got to be able to bring somebody in who can highlight the skill set of Parsons in unique different ways on the first level and on the second level. I think Parsons, when he is playing all over the field as an inside linebacker to a down rusher, he's more deadly. He's really an incredible fifth rusher. And what a fifth rusher means, if you rush four and then he fits on the rush where he's unaccounted for from one side to the other, then he becomes a problem. When you line him up at right ends, let's say, they can chip him. They know where he is. They can put a double team on him. He becomes lesser of effective, where when you move him around and he has, you have no idea where he's coming from, he does that. So I, I would be really concerned about who was going to come in if somebody had to replace him. We got to get much better in the front. We got to really get better in the offensive line. And we got to find a running back. And I don't certainly want to pay for one, but we got to find a running back that can do it. And we're going to have to give up some, we're going to have to give up some players here. We got to sign Lamb, right? We got to get him signed to a contract and we got to sign Parsons. So we know we're going to have to rely on a lot of young players. And that's the one thing about McCarthy that you have to understand. When he was in Green Bay, you know, he didn't care about the draft. He just coached the team. Ted Thompson ran the draft. And Mike always was stuck with – Ted Thompson never made a trade. He never signed free agents, okay? Never – I don't think Woodson might have been his only free agent he signed. And so they relied on the college draft and college free agency. And that's what you're going to have. And so Mike's going to have to have to handle that. You've got to play some young players, but they got to get better in both lines. Your thoughts on – it sounds like, uh, if I remember correctly, listen to the pod, you always laughed off the notion that Sirianni could or should go. Your thoughts on Sirianni's status and the Philly collapse? Well, I mean, Philly collapse is, to me, a lot due to organizational collapse. Like, I, I don't know if it's Sirianni as much as anything. But I think, again, I'll give you an Al Davis quote. He used to say, the secret to greatness in all organizations are the ability to anticipate problems, not react to it. In 2014, Belichick and I sat in a room in San Diego. We're getting ready to play the Chargers. We just lost to the Packers in Green Bay. We flew to San Diego that night after the game. That week, we spent all that week going over what we had to do, how we had to fix our team to be able to make a playoff run, a Super Bowl run. And then we also prepared for what was going to be the 2015 team. And so I think oftentimes teams don't do that. You don't fix the problems internally as the season goes along. You wait too late. Now, sometimes there's no solutions, and it's hard to do it. But to me, I think what Sirianni did was never recognize the problem. You know, they, they were winning games. There's three kind of games that you win, all right? The first kind of game you win is called dominating win. You dominate the game. The second kind is dictating wins, and that's where you dictated the game at the end. You kind of found a way to dictate the game. And the third win is a dangerous win where you just – things just went right for you. The Eagles didn't have any dominating wins since the Tampa game in week three. 
And so he never really recognized his problems. And he had an older team that wasn't able to practice. They didn't practice. There was no attention to detail. And their offense was atrocious. They couldn't block a blitz to save their life. And so my question is, if I'm Jeff Glorious, is Nick, if you're an offensive guru, if we hired you for your offensive acumen, why couldn't you fix this problem? And now how are you going to fix it next year? And I think that that answer is going to determine whether he comes back or not. Now that I have to watch all these other coaches who I think, you know, could establish a more hard-ass culture, go interview elsewhere, just give yeah. me give me your thoughts on other potential matches and fits. Why would Belichick maybe work in Atlanta, Vrabel, Harbaugh, guys that were on Cowboy fans' wish lists? Well, I think, look, you know, the one thing about Belichick you have to understand is Bill is, great, is a great coach, but Bill needs to have the ability to establish his culture. Bill's not power hungry. He's culture hungry. And so Bill needs the, Bill needs the foundation to establish it. He doesn't need interfere. He doesn't need nobody. He doesn't need anybody interfering with him. And if he takes the job in Atlanta, he's going to have to have the runway to do what he wants to do to hold players accountable, to not have players that are going to go to the owner and complain about it's too hard to practice. He's working us too hard, all that stuff. Cause that's when you, that's when you upset the culture. So I think all, all these guys are specific to culture. Same thing with Vrabel, same thing with Harbaugh. I mean, Harbaugh is the CEO of Michigan football. Nobody tells him what to do with his team at Michigan. So if he goes into the league, you think he's going to take a job where somebody's going to talk about, you need to do this, you need to do that? Bill Walsh used to say this all the time. He used to say, you know, when the coaches, he told me this at a very young age, he hated scouts, hated scouts. Huh. And I was a scout, but I drove him around. So he always kind of, he didn't want me to be a scout. He wanted me to be a football man. And so he would tell me all the time, he said, you know, the thing that drives me crazy about this league is a bunch of these bad coaches become scouts, and they start telling good coaches what to do. And they're sitting with the owner. They're going out to dinner with the owner. It's always the players, it's always the players aren't getting coached well enough. And so I think you have to have an organization that doesn't have that di- dynamic to it. And I think all these three guys, that they can't have that. You know, they can't have that. Vrabel's a good coach. You know, he's going to come in and do the right thing. He's going to make the team better. He's going to hold them accountable. If the system within he's coming into will allow that. All right. You know, I love having you on. I appreciate the time. But the real reason that Choppy was excited for it, take over, Ralph. Go ahead. I, uh, I, I've i recently found that you are a, uh, just like me, you're, 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 you're a JFK assassination, like not a fan of the assassination, but like JFK the nerd, the nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you, have you taken yeah. in the Rob Reiner podcast? What'd you think of it? I thought it was good. I thought he tried to cover a little bit too much in just seven episodes, but I give him tremendous credit for trying to buck the mainstream media to try to do away with the mythology that Oswald was on the sixth floor, which is a complete fabrication. It, it, it's not even close. Anybody who believes the Warren report, you know, there's a there's a hotline you should call to have your intelligence checked out because it's completely <laughs> wrong. And there's documentation that supports it. Like there's just if you pay attention to it. And what Reiner was able to do was he was able to bring that documentation out to the public where these idiots like Gerald Posner, who wrote Case Closed, who thinks his book is still the best book when he won't even go back and look into the archives. I mean, that, that's the bigger issue. And so Reiner really brought it to the mainstream media. And we're actually getting some people to read into it and look at the Warren report and respect what Jim Garrison did and understand it. Like, it's really kind of unfair, but 
since the media didn't cover it, not many people, people just think anybody who wants to do the investigation think it's you're just a bunch of a, a bunch of uh, uh, nuts that sit in your basement and eat meatloaf and just kind of do nothing, <laughs> right? You know, and that and that's not the case, right? Like if you just really read and read the report and and read what they want you to believe, they really are insulting your intelligence. And you could take any element of the case, like for example, you know, the single bullet, right? That's the most ridiculous thing you ever heard. Right, but they got us to believe it. Like the day the day Kennedy's killed, Oswald's in his rooming house, and a, and a Dallas police car pulls up in front of his house. Now, why would that happen? And and that that's not from my. I heard that. That's documented. That's in the report. Mm-hmm. Like, why would a car show up to his rooming house? And it goes on and on and on and on like that. But most people don't read it. Most people don't study it. So. We just accepted and move on. Meanwhile, we had the Vietnam War where every name on that wall in Washington is a byproduct of what happened in Dallas on that day. It's wild. It really is that, that we were able to that, – that everybody just kind of takes that and just believes it. Is there a TV documentary that you recommend? I, I haven't been able to find one that I really love. Well, I think the one that they just came out with, with what the doctor saw, was really good. They filmed it in 13, uh, and – uh, they uh, and they preserved it, and they couldn't sell it, right? They couldn't sell this documentary because, again, the mainstream media didn't want to talk about this, right? It's kind of like been covered up. But they go through the whole autopsy, which is a fascinating event. I mean, you know, uh, I think you can go to YouTube. There's this I, – I don't know where this guy comes from on YouTube. Like, you just wonder, like, where – I mean, I, I could have been – I might have gotten into Harvard if I had YouTube. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, I could have been a genius. I could have been really. I could have been somebody. You know, I could have been somebody if I could have gone to, if I had YouTube when I was growing up. But there's this guy called Helmer Rinberg who's in Germany. I don't know who the hell the guy is, but he has videos on YouTube going back, and he's got videos of the, you know, of the crime scene of Officer Tippett, you know, over there in Oak Cliff, and. And he's got, you know, and he's actually got a police officer picking up Oswald's wallet. And you could see it. Like, he's got a tremendous amount of videos all on his site with, with documentation, with, with there. It's not he's making it up. It's like the videos he has. So, you know, you could just get to YouTube and you go down a rabbit hole for hours and hours and hours. So damn good, Mike. Uh, we appreciate the balance on the other side. You'll be proven wrong when we have you on again this time next year when they're balanced. <laughs> But we love it anyway. It's not about being proven wrong because here, see, this is where you're wrong because there's no guarantee that your suggestion would work. It's the probability, right? Yes. And what Jerry's saying is if I bring somebody else in here, what's the probability of success? If I keep Mike, what's the probability of success? If those two numbers are close, why would you make a change? Thank you, Mike. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Bye-bye. Michael Lombardi, former NFL general manager uh, and, of course, the author of multiple books and the Odyssey podcast, the GM Shuffle, on Sean and RJ. And Bobby, uh, uh, Jared Sandler is asking why you were so quiet during the interview. Because the first two things he stated were everything that I wanted to ask him. And so, like, I mean, it's once he stated everything. I You've listened to Lombardi enough to know, like, if you come back and circle back on something he's already answered, he's just 
he's going to be upset by it. So I didn't want to turn it into like just, hey, we're sitting here turning this into a contentious debate and flipping the tone. So once he answered everything I had, I was like, all right. I don't, you even came to me at one point like looking at me like, do you have anything to ask? And I was trying to sit there and think like, no, I've like kind of run out of anything. Thoughts on anything that he said that you take is, okay, I hadn't factored that or, okay, I agree with that. He took it right to the roster and he picked it apart and I didn't I didn't have any major disagreement with what he said about the roster except for pronouncing Mozzie Smith's name. Maisie. Maisie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I did mean, that look, make you Did that make you second guess the roster that we all, you know, praise? It does. Look, what I said at 6 o'clock is just because we pick apart the roster doesn't mean it's not a good roster. It's just not good enough. The Cowboys have a, a very good team. I did, Now, if you line up this roster versus the others, I don't know them to the, the degree right. that Bobby would, and you might be right. Like, they have a better roster than the Green Bay Packers. They have a better roster than the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they have the Super Bowl. Do they have a better roster than the Houston Texans? How many teams after the playoffs have a better roster than the Cowboys? And as Bobby said, right, that's always going to fluctuate. You're going to plug one hole and have another leak. Right. There's uh, depth issues that teams have, like – you know, the Rams, when they won the Super Bowl, they had a very top-heavy roster. How deep was it? It was deeper. But, they I mean, they went eight years of the first-round draft pick. How good can a roster be? Right. Two, there's probably two or three teams left with better rosters than Dallas, I think. Baltimore, San Fran. I think San Francisco and Buffalo definitely do. Baltimore, I think, probably does. I don't know how much Baltimore is just, like, talent depth right. is, is better versus just their, their really good team, like, collectively. But, I, I mean, it, it's right there. I think Dallas and Baltimore are similarly talented teams. Any other takeaways before we move on? I mean, the the fact that he acknowledges that, yeah, it's the discipline and the issues and the attention to deal. I, I'm just surprised that coming from that Belichick side and buying into the concepts that he does, that he'd be so quick to dismiss, yeah, they got those issues. But, I, I, I mean, look at this over here. It's like, well, that would seem to be – a major thing. To me, I've, I I can't recall a Super Bowl champion that was bad on details, that was undisciplined. Like, that. that's usually a separating factor of all Super Bowl yeah. teams. Steve Young talking about Jerry Jones being the problem on the Dan Patrick Show. There's a couple of fundamentals. You talk systemic. It's fundamental rootedness of what's wrong with the Cowboys, and that is that Jerry Jones runs the team, but he's not the coach. And I always said, if he's going to run the team, you got to be the coach. But he doesn't hire somebody who is empowered by Jerry to be independent so that when you walk in the locker room and you want to talk to the players, you want to yell at the players. And you yell at the players and the players go, well, I don't really care what you say because I only listen to Jerry. And that's the problem is that the head coach for 20 years has not been empowered. And he's got to hire somebody who is clearly empowered. They talk about Bill Belichick right now. It's fun to talk about. I don't know if there's any chance of it. But a guy like that, that would be somebody who now has the power in the locker room and can get the players to play and to be and live and live up to the expectations and to their talent. Now, the other piece of it, though, is because it's America's team and talks about it, that somehow you're already you're a cowboy. You're already famous. And because of that, they don't have they haven't earned it. Mm-hmm. I, I think what they should do is, like, you don't get the star. There's two stars on your helmet. You get one star when you win 10 games, and you get another star when you win a playoff game. And that's how you earn the chance to be a cowboy. Because otherwise, you put the helmet on, and everyone thinks they're famous, and they get punched in the mouth. and like, wait, we're, we're, already, we're great. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're, we're the cowboys. I love it. Who? Uh, Agree. Obviously, it's from the outside. We don't, we don't know all the internal things. 
who do you think are the standard bearers for actual toughness on this football team? Like, like who do you look at and go like, hey, give me more of those guys. Ferguson. I, I mean, want Ferguson. Ferguson. I, I know people think he pouts. I want Lamb. Like, I want people who are like Lamb who, like, give a damn yeah. as much as he does. Yep. And so, like, I'm trying – I think – I honestly think a big thing they missed this year and I was, think it's was a pro- Diggs. And I think it's also a problem that none of us immediately just said Micah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, yeah. I, I think I think Diggs is more of a tone setter for them on defense than than Micah is. Yeah. Like, you give me – I want thugs. I'm going to make thugs an acceptable word this offseason. I want straight thugs. Uh, you know, uh, and, and, and I'm talking about Jake Ferguson's type of nasty personality – um, you know, not 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 troublemakers, and sometimes it can be hard to separate. But no, but you want Debo. You want you want Debo, yeah. the guy who's like he's gonna play tough and he's gonna talk trash Trent. to you. And yeah, th- those are the guys that you want. You want the tone setters, and that's what I'm trying to think. I don't think they have enough of those. And the guys that yes. I do that do stand out to me immediately are like Diggs, Lamb, and Ferguson. And one of those guys you didn't have all year. All right, let's pick the other games. Who oh, will end up being able to say that they watch more football? Give us your picks for the divisional round and the NFL bills this as the best football weekend of the entire year. RJ's thinking maybe not. Let's pick who's going to make it to the conference title games next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.